Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. New team, assemble! And bigger than ever, it's the unofficial 40 from Soonerscoop.com. Presented by the Choctaw Casino and Resort in Durant. Now, here's the entire Soonerscoop crew. Carrie, Josh, Eddie, and Bob. All right, welcome back. It is another edition of the Choctaw Casino and Resort in Durant. Unofficial 40 podcast. Uh, where the offseason is in full swing. We've had a national championship game. It has been decided Clemson is the champion, and now it is officially the offseason and all eyes really on Alex Grinch as he tries to uh, fill out his staff. We're going to talk a lot about that today. Uh, we've got recruiting. We had the All-American game uh, over the weekend, uh, the one in San Antonio. So we've got some uh, plenty to talk about from that as well. But welcome in the usual crew, Josh McQuistian, Eddie Radosevich, and Bob Prisbillo, and uh, Josh, I know you've been busy keeping the board updated uh, with the news and notes, but obviously some interesting uh, reporting coming out this morning that uh, Brian Odom, the linebackers coach at Missouri, has turned down uh, the job offer from OU. And uh, just kind of start with your thoughts there. Uh, I know we have some things to say about this as well, uh, but just, Josh, your, your first impressions there. Yeah, you know, this was the guy that I heard almost immediately was really at the top of Alex Grinch's list. Um, worked, you know, for those that don't know, he worked with him in Washington State. Uh, Odom has kind of an interesting background. He spent a lot of time as a strength and conditioning guy, made the move over to linebackers a couple years ago. Uh, has worked with his brother Barry at Missouri that, you know, Barry's a very well-respected defensive mind in college football. Grinch spent a lot of time around Brian. So, I mean, there's just... There's some things that you connect and you kind of like uh, for those also that don't remember. Brian actually signed with Oklahoma out of high school, was a, just a great high school football player out of Ada. Um, really didn't ever do much. I mean, Carrie, you could speak to more of that than I could. You were a little more familiar at that point. But, you know, it sounds just like this was a guy that Oklahoma really liked. Now, I know you've got some new information, so I'll kind of let you go with that. But it does sound like this guy was clearly the option in Oklahoma – is going to have to kind of figure out what they want to do going forward now that it seems like he's at least backed off a little bit. Uh, I will give start out with a bombshell of the podcast. Uh, I don't believe that it's over with Brian Odom. Mm-hmm. I think Interesting. That, I think mm. that uh, regardless of the reports that came out today, I don't want to say anything was wrong or, or incorrect. I just I don't think that this is over yet. Now... We do know that OU has a candidate in today. Uh, this is Wednesday as we're recording the podcast. Uh, linebackers coach from UCLA. And, Josh, I know you posted about that early this morning. Yes, sorry. This is the part sorry. where you speak. <laughs> yes, this is the part where I speak. Um, oh. Ke- <laughs> Roy Manning? 
Roy Manning, yes. Sorry, got totally tongue twisted there. Sorry, saw something and read it and got lost. Uh, yeah, Roy Manning is in Norman right now. I've been able to confirm that. Talk to a few people. Um, I don't. What I don't know is a what his role is going to be. I I keep hearing talk that Oklahoma could do kind of what they did with the old staff and have an inside linebackers coach and an outside linebackers coach. And if it goes that way, then Manning makes sense, and it would still fit with your what, what you're hearing, Kerry that uh, Brian Odom could still be part of things and he would be the inside linebackers coach. So that's kind of going to be important to see how this plays out. I also don't know if this is a situation where OU is going to say, if this goes well, we're going to go after Manning. I mean, that, that's kind of still up in the air. Um, but I get the impression talking to people that if Oklahoma wants to make that move, that's something Manning is going to very much be open to. And that would be because Alex Grinch does run, uh, you know, kind of a three-four. I mean, that's his base. That's that what he. That's what he's based out of, right? Yeah, he, he's a three-down guy, um, and you know, and there is a lot more difference between in a three-four what the outside linebackers and inside linebackers do than, like, say, you have to make that decision between. Defensive tackles and defensive ends. Well, let's face uh, it, guys. I mean, like Eddie and, and Bob, we watch West Virginia and Tony Gibson run a three-four. That ain't nothing like what Oklahoma ran as a three-four. It's a like Gibson was more about disguising pressure and bringing it from different angles and things like that. Like they did so many things in their three-four that looked nothing like what OU did. So there's different ways to run it. Yeah, they actually got stops against people. It's, uh, you know, and, and again. There's a lot of people that listen to this pod that know football even, you know, that know it better than myself. That's pretty much what a 3-4 is designed to do. You're supposed to be coming at weird angles, creating pressures that are going to be difficult to block, making the offensive line shift, do all sorts of different stuff. And it's part of why we've had so many issues on the pod through the years with Oklahoma's defense. They just, they seem like they ran a scheme that, like they ran a personnel grouping that didn't fit what they wanted their scheme to be. And when Alex Grinch talks about having an attacking defense, I think, yeah, you're, you're looking at West Virginia's defense with better personnel. Over, at least that's the goal. And you would believe you have that personnel on campus. You just have to get them to perform at that level. When you look at the star ratings and things of that nature, the talent is there. You just have to mold them into that and try to like just erase everything that's happened the last – two years like do a men in black thing or something to get them to just forget what's happened uh, uh bob let me ask you a question uh when's the last time you saw a star make a tackle stars don't matter they don't matter <laughs> except for trevor lawrence it's my pat and jones uh, impersonation justin ross, say, hey, justin ross. Hey, coach if, if you haven't <laughs> read, Williams. let's be let's if you've ever gone I work with pat jones if so you've yes. ever gone oh so, ten and one raise your hand okay <laughs> If you've ever gone an entire season without winning a football game as a coach, raise your hand. He kept his job, though. That's the most impressive thing. Yeah, that's what happens when you Eddie, coach you at a second-rate school like Oklahoma State. Eddie, you've never coached your team to no wins. Uh, true. I've also never lost a game as a head coach, too. <laughs> Undefeated. So, kind of got that going for me. <laughs> that will uh, be the next stage, a sooner scoop to have a, a youth league where Eddie is the head coach and probably commissioner. That wouldn't be a bad idea. Because there will be gambling. That wouldn't be a bad I, idea. I'd prefer that we do uh, travel baseball. I think that's where the money's at. I don't know if you can make money <laughs> off of the eight-year-old flag football team, but I'm sure there's some people that try. You just want Friday to night tikes. You just yeah. want to I'm sure we can sell people. admission to you coaching youth football, Eddie. I, I think that would probably go over very well. Yeah, I think 
I think I'd be more comfortable doing baseball. We could do like a Friday night talks. We could do a web series. Oh God, that'd be amazing. But it's all it's all about Eddie. We're trying so to like we we the trying other to monetize three of us would be yeah. coaching something, and it would just be like we wouldn't even know we were actually on the team. Like after the season was over, people would be like, "Oh, you you coached there, Josh?" Yeah, n- nobody watched me. It, it was just on Eddie all the time. Why didn't Ronald play in the game? Well, his mom's a whore. How about that? That's that's one place to <laughs> Actually, start. Actually, she's not enough of a whore, probably. No, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. She doesn't wear anything skimpy. She was stingy with it. Yes. That's, where, she has I, that's little, where my mind She has was. a little bit of a butterface, so we move on. <laughs> I don't think that you care about that at all if the rest of it's okay. It's my guess. I don't know. All right. Uh, look at something in the mirror. <laughs> moving on. Oh <laughs> uh, okay, so, God, I knew this was going to be a hard segment to get out of. Get us back on track. Okay, so uh, the coaching news is out there. Uh, Here, other- here's a question on the coaching stuff. Okay. Next Friday, would that be a acceptable day as far as getting everything done? I think so. You think they get everything done in the next week and a half, I guess, I is what so. I'm trying to say. It depends on how many hires are they going to make. I mean, we haven't heard a lot about defensive backs. We haven't heard a lot about candidates that well, are out technically, there. Technically, they still have a defensive backs coach. He just, he just doesn't follow the defensive coordinator I don't. I mean, it's the offseason. I don't see that really being Bob's, that big of a deal. Like, one of Bob's... I feel like we should put this in, like, your contract. <laughs> like, one of Bob's job responsibilities is to follow everyone on Twitter because he is the master of that. Like, that is... I'll say it. That is one of uh, Bob's strongest techniques is he lets us know when certain people follow other people. Bob can connect the dots from like a guy. Like it's like seven degrees of Kevin Bacon. Bob can make some crazy connections that usually actually end up valid. Um, It's like his superpower as to Eddie knows what's happening on Twitter. Like Eddie can always know what's happening. Bob always knows who's following who. And it actually led to some interesting kind of, uh, let's talk about it. It led to kind of some interesting speculation where behind the scenes, we were trying to figure out if there was some kind of Alex Grinch Washington connection because there were some follows made there with their co-defensive coordinator. And then we were kind of, and this is the stuff like people like, you never put anything on, you never work or put anything on the board. Like a lot of times we see stuff and stuff goes on but it's not worth reporting because we don't know if there's any value there or anything to it. But, like, Alex Grinch – and Alex Grinch followed uh, the, the Kayakowski guy, the Cody D.C. for Washington, mm-hmm. and the Washington D.C. followed Alex Grinch, I think. Wasn't that yes. it? Yes. So, they, yep. so we immediately like, oh, my God, is he trying to hire Kayakowski? It could have just been that they, were, they met at the coaching convention uh, and had a really good conversation and said, hey, I'll follow you on Twitter. Yeah. Because there doesn't appear to be, and we were trying to like, oh, is he unhappy at Washington? Is it not working out? Is it? No, I think it was just that they met, they had a good conversation, and they followed each other. Yeah, he might have talked to Peter and Jimmy Lake and followed both of them, and maybe Jimmy Lake hasn't gotten back social media. Because Jimmy Lake probably doesn't, like most defensive coordinators, because <laughs> of the coaching Computers. convention. He doesn't care right, right now, and it's just hard to read into things. You try to connect the dots a little bit, but then you need something a lot more con- uh, concrete after that to really come full circle. So- but it's hard not to make something out of it. And, and for the record, I'm the one that was like, we all talked about it privately and we're like, because I'd heard something from somewhere 
and I said, okay, I want, I want to run this just because it was so potentially big, but it looks like it's, it's nothing. Like that, that's, I haven't heard it mentioned really since the morning that we all kind of discovered all this. But what I will say was, uh, was interesting is Grinch made this follow. He literally still has not even retweeted any of his hiring announcements. His most recent tweet is still when he was the defensive coordinator at Ohio State. Like, it's, he's not active on Twitter. So the fact that he did this. And for all we is know, Zach Smith was operating his Twitter at that time. <laughs> <laughs> that was one of his jobs, along yeah. with ordering the dildos. Yeah. That, would be, that should be the first question to Alex Grinch. Did Zach Smith ever order you anything? Should we address uh, a Facebook message, Josh? <laughs> about listening to our podcast with a six-year-old, we should, we should. Look, let's just let's get this out of the way. Let's let's just say, look, we're not for everybody. We're not for six-year-olds. Definitely, uh, we would love to be for everybody, but look, we're a little free-willing. Uh, we. Well, it's America. And it's 2019. Well, I have you a can't more some cussing right now. I have a better way of saying this, Eddie. If you'll let me. How about you just don't listen? That's what. <laughs> That's I want not to say. it. Or That's not the way or to handle it. You no. could, You're never you could gonna... join us in 2019, be a grown-up, and buy some headphones. Put those headphones on. You don't so your six-year-old you can get the AirPods. I'm sure your six-year-old probably doesn't understand the word anyways. Well, and we do try. We did not bleep an F-bomb in the last podcast, which I just... I wanted to get the Who podcast cares? out, and we're having some equipment issues because we're doing all new stuff. Uh, we had a new computer, and we're still kind of working through that stuff. So, anyway, what we're saying is we're going to have some some coarse language. We're going to bleep out the F-bombs because I just believe we need to do something. But the shits and the dams and the hells, they're going to stay. I mean... What about the goddams? Well, my mom does not like those, mm-hmm. but... Um, I, it is strange how much people are offended by the GD. I think it's only here in the uh, in Oklahoma the Bible Belt, mm. which you know, it's not the smartest thing for us to do that in the Bible Belt. Yeah, but we also live in but, reality. But you know what? I've also had pastors that have emailed me and said, "Hey, I'm a pastor, but I want you know I really enjoy your show." And, and Justin Fields is committing to OU. The day before Christmas. I don't know if it was that pastor. Pastors have a lot of uh, they're what they they are insiders as well. Uh, you know, nobody thinks they're more important than a pastor. Oh come on! I'll double. Not down. everyone is Joel Olstein. Okay, mm-hmm. prove it. <laughs> so what we're saying is yes, this is not a podcast for children and small children. If you're worried about them hearing coarse language. Or maybe subject matter that is a little mature. Because we've already had some of that today. As the or just lone, be a better parent. As the lone I think they're trying father, to be good parents by complaining about the cussing in our podcast. No, nah, you're never going to get anywhere bitching and moaning. <laughs> That's the kind of parent that probably calls his kid's school because his kid's getting beat up at recess. I, I don't listen to the podcast when my four-year-old's around. But it's it's a really simple fix, and I I understand that that's not always convenient for everybody. I get all that, especially during but, the holidays. I mean, yeah, like I I get it. I understand. Like, uh, believe me, I've had a boatload of my children over the last month. Like, 
this week felt like we had reached the finish line because every day, every minute, week, we're Josh, making five what? pages of school. <laughs> yeah. but, no, I love my kids. I do not mind the time when they go to school. That does. I'm not going to pretend to be the dad that's like, I need them here all the time. No, I don't. Oh, no. he means boatload like time, not like number. Okay. No, God, no. You not said, number. You said boat, I, you boatload I, I said of I've had, a, I've had a boatload of my children, like... I've had plenty of time with with the two ladies, um, so we're good on that front. And Lainey's going to listen to this podcast someday, and I'm sorry for the therapy, honey. I really am, but it's, you know what, it, it's fine. Can, um, I, can I also like my girls need my time? Can I also add that? I don't know. I, I don't judge know you immediately if you send a Facebook message to any type of company, you're immediately judged, and I already dislike you. What about using Twitter to shame airlines for poor, for horrible service? Awful, awful. I mean, awful. they at least see it. I guess I'm, you could say the same thing about Facebook. I'm saying I'm fine with that. Although I went to, I went to Office Max or Office Depot, whatever they are now. I think they're all one. I had to buy all these uh, un, un here you go, Eddie, uninterruptible power supplies. Mm, good job. Um. And like the prices were all screwed up on them, so I thought I was buying one that was like one ninety nine. It was like two twenty nine. Another one was supposed to be like sixty nine. It was like seventy nine. And then the, like then there was another one. The prices were all wrong. So I got up to the front and I put them down. And I was surprised that it was as much as it was. And I said, "Are these prices right?" And the guy didn't care at all. He was he was checked out. I mean, this was eight o'clock at night, and. Uh, I was mad about it, but then I went online and looked at the prices, and they were—they just were marked wrong. I've worked in retail. I know how that works. You have a million things to do. Changing the, the price signs happens all the time. I wasn't going to complain to the company. I wasn't going to, like, this isn't Postmates that forgot your pie. I complain about that. I'm just not big on complaining. Shit happens. I, I'm with you. Like, I'm one of those people that's like, eh. I mean, because to me, if you mess something up badly enough that I want to complain about it, I'm just not going to give you my business again, and that'll be enough. Now, like, if that's fine. I order a chicken fried steak from you, and you don't include the cream gravy, I lose my motherfucking mind. I call Postmates. I call the rest. I have literally gone to a restaurant to pick up the cream gravy on my own before. After you having it delivered, you shouldn't yeah. order uh, chicken fried steak from Postmates from anywhere. On Postmates. I know it's chicken fried steak's not good unless you get it like right as it's cooked. That's yep, exactly right. Mm -hmm. Now, mistake on my part. Important question: There, are you guys a brown gravy or a white gravy guys? Oh, white gravy. I don't white. see color, Josh. <laughs> <laughs> Is this racist? Making an Arkansas. early appearance today. What's up in Arkansas? Uh, so anyway, okay, so tangent over, uh, Kyler Murray, firestorm this morning from simply having a segment on the radio that everybody's going to talk about. Uh, Joe Masato did a good job of the Oklahoma getting in touch with, uh, um, Gil, Gil Brandt, Brandt, uh, to get his thoughts on why he put that out there. He basically said, you know, it's just an educated guess. It's, it's nothing that Lincoln told me. It was going to happen, but he was right on the Cliff Kingsbury. So now everybody's like, oh, there's one down. And Gil did that, too. It wasn't everybody. It was also Gil. 
Yeah, he's 85. We should be thankful that he can operate a a phone, to be honest. To be honest, we should be happy that he's operating. You think he's doing that on a desktop or laptop or a phone? It's a great question. That should be the question instead of this Kyler Murray coming back. (laughs) How are you getting this information out to the public? And I, I, I. you know, I have a lot of respect for Go Brand, obviously. God, you but... really want to put all old people in a gas <laughs> chamber, don't you? Uh, they might have been on to something. I, I just, it it doesn't make any sense. Why why do we Those keep... Those were Jews, Eddie. Oh. I didn't say that. Oh, Eddie. What? Bre- mm, that, that was, that's a home run, buddy. I didn't, I'm not not the ideology behind it. I'm just saying I'm talking about the old people. I'm not talking about Jews. <laughs> I'm talking about the old Jews. Uh, okay, just See, uh, terrible. <laughs> okay, here is my much. Regardless if they were it. Jewish, if they were old, yeah, they just, could have been Chinese. I'm just talking about the old people. At a, Greek at a Orthodox. Age that we should just deny medical care. That that's my my stance on the old. Yes. I've been saying that for years because Natural it's a death. bleed on us, and you know what? If you get, if you can make it, you can make it. Great. And if not, you know what? That's that's. Guess, unless, guess what? Unless I know you, or unless uh, you're part of my family, we are not worried at all about the older demographic. No, I mean they this can't even. Podcast. They can't figure out how to download the podcast. Little, I mean, uh, like Sparks is really screwed right now. <laughs> We're talking about him right behind his back. Uh, See, Eddie, Eddie's not a hardliner. I'm a hardliner. I don't have any addendums to my Sparks situation. Sparks is still trying to figure out how to watch the podcast, Eddie. Oh, yeah, that's right. He can't get it to play on the on the TV. I mean, he's single-handedly responsible for doing away with the swoosh in the opening of the Scoop HD videos. <laughs> he is, Because it was he? said it was too loud. His, his wife could hear it in the other room. When he, he would wake her up, yeah. Sir, turn your volume down. That We did that for you, though, Sparks. I mean, so, yeah... Say I haven't done anything yeah. for the elderly demographic. Point A, right there. Exactly. It will be uh, the, it, Kyler Murray. The discussion it just it, it blew up on the board this morning, right. just because I simply said it would surprise the coaches if he came back. It doesn't make sense why he would come back, and that's something well, that we talked three, about last. Here's week. Here's the three options to, the, as I see them. You have option number one: declare for the NFL draft, and then do your deal with the A's. However you need to do it. Give back money. Uh, I just don't think it's possible for him to be a quarterback in the NFL and play professional baseball. I don't think that's a possibility. Not not a quarterback. Option number two, don't declare for the NFL draft. Don't come back and play college football. Go play professional baseball. Give it a couple of years. See how you progress. If it's not going the right way or... You're not making progress. You don't see any light at the end of the tunnel. Then put your name into the NFL draft two years from now. They're still going to be interested because they're not exactly producing five, six, seven quarterbacks a year in that league. Well, and there's – it's happened before. I mean, look at Brandon Whedon. It it was a little different strategy as far as which way he went, but I always think that if you want to do that, baseball – Got to take your chance at baseball first. Who is our? That's the longest road to. That's the longest road to the the show. Josh, who is our first rivals keynote speaker? J- Drew Henson played for the Cowboys. I think so. He went and played. He played for yeah. Michigan. Went yeah. and played pro baseball. Yeah. The Yankees, right? And then Yan- he, with the Yankees, then he came back and played. Tried to play with the Cowboys, and he was terrible. Was it Drew Henson? Was that his name? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, the kid from Michigan. Are you there, Josh? I'm here. <laughs> well, 
Well, that was the worst keynote speaker in the history of Rivals Publishers Conventions. I figured you'd remember that one. That was awful. Uh, sorry, no, my, my headphones got weird for a second. I don't know what that was. I could kind of hear you guys, and then I had to fix it myself. So that's where I went wrong. It's always an excuse. Always. Josh, always. Josh is one, one step ahead of Sparks when it comes to technology. This is, you know, wow. this, is just, this is myth. This is myth. I don't know what Carrie knows, so that means I'm Cro-Magnon man. Bull. They're headphones, Josh. They've been around since, like, at least the 50s, no, 60s. No, the, the cord came unplugged. Like, it's not, like, any big deal. Like, it was easily fixable. I just didn't know it was happening until it happened. We have literally never had a cord come out during a podcast here. Yeah, you have a big studio setup. I mean, uh, we don't want to go behind the curtain and, you know, that I'm sitting. This is all running through my little MacBook Pro that's my backup because my other one has an eye key that's gone rogue. I don't even know what that is. So, option number three for I mean, Kyler Murray. We're doing Murray. all this while the government shut down. I mean, come on. I know. Uh, option number three, Kyler Murray goes to play professional baseball. Then in August, he comes back and completes his final year as a college player. And that's the option that allows him. Which, can we all, I mean, we don't know Kyler as much as we've gotten to know other quarterbacks, he's been here for a year. He's been off limits the entire time, except for last year. We kind of know his personality now a little bit more. But do you think, have we gotten to know him enough where we all would agree that football is definitely his first love? I think so. Yeah. Feels like it, for sure. Just the way that he talks about it. And, you know, I was around him during baseball season. Just the way that he talks about it, mm-hmm. I feel like it's pretty... Pretty obvious. It's really responsible for his entire identity. Well, and just too. look at look at yeah, look at that, and then look at what he's done over the last year. You tell me which sport he enjoys more. I, I think that there is a he won the goddamn Heisman Trophy. Yeah, like he came back to play. Even he didn't, if he had to, won he didn't the, even have to come back to play football last year. Even if he had won the Golden Spikes Award, he would still be known as the Heisman Trophy winner over the Golden Spikes winner. Yeah, probably so. I. It would be amazing that the same person won both those awards, but it, it'd be a first time ever. The that's the that is an interesting little deal there. I think that third option. So for that third option, when would he go with the A's? When would he officially leave? Uh, tra- spring training. I spring think training. February twenty first is yeah. their first uh, scrimmage. Yeah, you'd show up for spring training and then go through spring training, play play a season, and which is what like starting in two weeks, spring training. Or is it right before? Will it be the 1st of February? I don't know when pitchers and catchers report. Yeah, it's the, I'd say the end of February. Well, if it's February 21st of the first games, then it's probably early February. Two weeks out or something like that. So anyway, yeah, he'd, go, he'd start in February, go all the way till August. Would you be comfortable with him missing so much time? Yeah, I give a f- what he does. <laughs> he could he could show up on August twenty eighth for all I care. I don't think Lincoln would care. I mean, what's his option? Well, I mean, what's he he won the Heisman? He was the best college football player in America last year. He'd pick it up really. He doesn't fast. need to sit around and practice with the team. He'd be like, I got Ceedee Lamb, I got Mark Cal- or Grant Calcaterra, mixing Mark Andrews and Grant Calcaterra now. Um. And then I got these freshmen that are really good. I'll just throw the ball up to Jaden Hazelwood and see what happens. Yeah, they don't have it listed, but I would imagine it's middle of 
middle of February when pitchers and catchers report. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, I option number three is out there. I know, Josh, you feel like right now that's not going to happen. Yeah, that that's that's my impression. Just talking to some people like when that stuff first came out from Gil Brandt, I talked to a few people and there was just this like it it wasn't even really considered or discussed. It was like, yeah, it's it's kind of known like he, he's going to go. He's going to. Because, I mean, what is the advantage for him to come back to Oklahoma? The fact that he wants to do both? I I don't – I mean, I feel like Kyler's a practical enough kid to recognize the problems with that. Like, playing baseball and playing quarterback in the NFL, I don't know how you do that. Um, you can play center field and, you know, wide receiver, but I don't think you can do quarterback with the time and all the stuff you need to do that. I, I, just, I don't know. I don't think that's – that's a thing that's possible, and I think you guys are dead right. I think he clearly football is the he sacrificed everything, including possibly five million dollars to play baseball or to play football. Like he loves football, and I think he want he's clearly a kid that likes to prove everyone wrong, and that's his next chance. I mean, what what more can he do at Oklahoma that he hasn't done? And like you guys have said, nothing surprises you about baseball and how awful they are at promoting players and PR and all that stuff. But, like, I just can't stop thinking what a huge mistake it was for the A's not to try and build a relationship with Kyler over this last year. I mean, he said, he's like, they just kind of left me alone, let me do my own thing. Like, if I'm, I'm, I'm treating him like a, you know, a college football coach would if he were in high school. I'm, like, recruiting him still. Like, yeah, I know we paid you a bunch of money, bunch of money, but... Dude, we want to we want to make you like us. We want to make you want to come and start your baseball career and leave this stuff behind. They didn't do any of that. It was always peculiar that they ended up taking him as high as they did, in my opinion. I mean, I think Kyler's a really good baseball player, but because I don't think they ever thought that this was possible that he'd go through a season and win the Heisman. Yeah, it's trophy. almost like they call. We've talked about it before. It's almost like they tried to call his bluff that he wasn't a really good football player. Yeah. Which, you know, Josh, you Maybe say... that's why the A's are such a shitty organization. You say uh, you just can't do that. I bet you, in Kyler's mind, he's never listened to anybody that's told him he can't do something. You're right. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, I guess it's hard for me to envision, I guess would be the nicest way to say it. I don't know how you do... Uh, if, he, if he can, I'll own that I'm wrong. But I just, I don't see how you do that. It, especially at the level that Kyler... Kyler Murray doesn't want to be second string or be a, a, a decent NFL quarterback. That dude doesn't know anything but being the best. Yeah. And for him to do that, I, I think Kyler Murray's immensely talented. For him to go in and be like, I can put in half as much time as Aaron Rodgers or Drew Brees or any other elite quarterback and be just as good, I, I can't get there. It'll help if, you know, once the 14th comes and goes. Which is rapidly approaching. I mean, yeah. that's, that's Monday. Monday. Yep. So, because if he doesn't enter his name into the draft, then you got something to talk about, which I think we talked about this last week. Well, I mean, you say that, but he wouldn't have to, if he wanted to, if he wanted to take that third option, of course he wouldn't. Well, your draft rights, I think it's changed. Like, even if you entered the draft, he's just, 
if you enter the draft, he's not coming back to OU. We know that. Right. That's the yeah. one thing right. that yeah. it, it solidifies. But he doesn't have to go play for the team that drafts him if he doesn't want to. But I don't know if his rights ever expire now where it used to. So I think whoever drafts him gets him. Because remember, the NFL, or is it baseball? No, it's baseball that switched where if a kid doesn't sign with you, you lose that money. Right. But football's not that way. Right. But it, it's kind of interesting in Mayfield, or I mean, uh, in Murray's case, the A's won't lose that money because he'll have to pay it back if he weren't to play baseball. But it'll hit him on their salary cap. Okay. Yeah, that is true, I guess. But they would they would still have technically have that money, right? Yeah, yeah. So it'd be like it kind of X's each other out. Yeah, but it just it, hurts it just, their ability to get like a middle reliever or something. Right. It'd be unlike a situation if you didn't sign your nine, number nine pick and then he went back in the draft next year and you were shit out of luck. Yeah. Kind of weird. But there is nothing normal about Kyler Murray. So I. But if it, he wants to have a baseball career, he needs to do it now because. Now that he's signed and he's gotten money, he can't come back and play college baseball next year. Yeah. I mean... He'd be sitting out a year of not playing baseball. And that's why I kind of feel like he would... I don't know. I'll put it this way. I'd be shocked if he's not in Mesa, Arizona come March 1st. I would, too. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that even that still leaves the door open that he could play football. Not to mention the pressure of his uncle being part of Scott Boris's agency. Like, you really screw over a family member. I don't know that you want to do that. Yeah. Yeah, that it's true. I I don't know. I There's part of me that feels like they wouldn't want to do that, but I think there's another part of me that thinks that... I think Scott Boris is smart enough to know... He could ride this thing out and make a lot of money at some point. Like I, college not. If baseball is still in his plans at some point, Boris could run this thing out. Even if he wanted to come back and play football next year, like I think that Kyler Murray's smart enough to. Like I had this floated out at me. What if he? What if he did that? He played baseball, went and did, um, came back, played football in college. In college, and then somehow got out of his. Well, I don't know. I if guess you, get out of you could contract. prorate your bonus for how much you played. I guess what I'm trying to say is, is $5 million isn't that much money to these guys. And I know that's like just <laughs> stupid to say, but I, I honestly don't feel like I feel like it's not that much money to him to be turning down or to be giving back. I mean, I guess. Because he's got he's gonna make, potential earnings. Because he's going to make that elsewhere. exponentially somewhere else. Yeah. Like, money isn't going to be an option for Kyler Murray. Either that or, or he's waiting. Either that or it's clear he's going to go NFL, and it's taking this long because he's working on an endorsement deal, and he wants to be able to announce it all at the same time. Very well could be. And you'd be stupid if you're Adidas or Nike or Jordan Brand or whoever. I mean, this is – he's a – I don't he's, want to say he's a once-in-a-generation guy, but he's the he's the only guy that could literally have the possibility of doing both. Like, even here's, a, here's something I hadn't thought of. Even if he declares for the NFL, gets drafted, and just stays with baseball, that's still going to get him a really good endorsement deal. Because, oh, yeah. because if it's Nike, they're going to be able to be like, 
this well, unlike, is the new Bo Jackson. Unlike a lot of baseball players out there, he's extremely marketable. Yeah. And we've seen that here just within the, the past like, couple months with the Kyler Nose stuff. He's kind of like Steph Curry in the fact that kids can relate to him because he's not six foot seven. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that that's a big selling point for him. If you're if you're going out there and running his name to all these marketing companies yeah. or ad companies, I mean, yeah, he's very he goes against the grain of everything that we know about a player and especially even a guy like Bo Jackson who was just a genetic freak. Now Kyler could beat Steph Curry to within an inch of his life. He's not scrawny. No. Especially if he had a baseball bat. <laughs> <laughs> that basketball would do him no good. Yeah. <laughs> or those uh, Under Armour kicks. So, I, I, yeah, I mean, how much more can we break down Kyler Murray? I don't think anymore. We're at the mercy of him making an announcement, yeah. basically. I, I, and and for, if anybody's out there acting like they have an inside source, you know, basically. did we figure out that he didn't have a brother? Like, somebody put a rumor out there, oh, yes. his brother said. Yeah, some guy DM'd <laughs> me and said that his brother told me that uh, he's come back. Sir, I don't think he has a brother. I looked it up on Wikipedia, everything. I couldn't find that he had a brother. Well, he's, I've, I've literally never heard the guy talk about it. He's brother. never talked about his brother. I would think that a at some point it would brother, come okay? Out. It's just an estranged brother. Hmm. Maybe so. Kevin, Kevin made him throw so, 100 strikes before dinner. We've had fake brothers. We've had pastors. We've had another pastor. We are in... We are in... Social media hell is what we're in. Josh, no, without I, question. I mean, Josh, there's no question. There has never been a time in the history of sports when people throw so much shit out there at one time. It's well, never be, been like this. Because it's such a firestorm. Like somebody, Joe Nobody, can throw something out there, and if, if, if the right person sees it, it gets a couple retweets, well, then it shows up in front of somebody else. Well, then that, and it just grows and grows and grows. And then this thing that could have come from anywhere becomes like not even like a rumor. It's kind of like, oh, there's a lot of smoke. Something's happening here. When you don't yeah, know, it's because all everyone's where it repeating from. the same thing on every message, every rival side, every twenty four seven side, every fan side, every well, donor side. And we've seen here over the last couple of months, as far as message boards and you know what we say on the radio and things like that. People have very selective hearing on what they want oh to hear God. and what what kind of information they want to decipher to carry with them, if that makes sense. It's like they people only want to believe what they want to believe. And then when they believe it, they're steadfast on this idea that it's it's kind of like the Pete Golding stuff. It's like yeah, Pete Golding, yep, exactly. if you would have if you, on November 29th or, you know, in between November 28th and December 6th. I'm just throwing those dates out there as examples. It's like, if you would have pulled our board, 100%. Pete Golding was the next defense coordinator at Oklahoma. Because why? Because it was a message board it was, rumor. There's too much smoke. Because there was an internet rumor, and people yeah. wanted to believe that. They wanted to buy into this and idea. they wanted it to be someone from Alabama. It's kind of like the Justin Fields thing. I mean, there's been a lot of really good examples here over the last month and a half as far as in this Kyler deal is even more prevalent now. Is like... People want to believe that he's coming back, and they just buy into this idea that bigger things are happening, when in reality, it's like, I don't know if it's working out like that. By the way, Josh, I don't know if you heard this along the way. We haven't always we haven't discussed every note that we've gotten in during this coaching search. I was told today Alex Grinch was a done deal New Year's Day. Really? 
And was that, there any rationale for why it and took that, a while to release? Uh, well, Washington State had to finish their or uh, Ohio State had to finish their season. Well, they they, but they would on have New on New Year's Day. Well, that's what I'm saying. It, it was finished on New Year's Day, and then if it if it got out, at least it would have been after the game. Oh, I okay. But I mean, like, why why was there the delay and even? I mean, because like it broke days, yeah. long before they announced it. Well, that's one of those things. Like, you've got to eventually then tell the regions, and then it's going to start okay. getting out there. Sure, sure. That's that's the side of this stuff that always confuses me. I don't understand the the mechanics very well. Can I circle back on something as far as the coaching hires? Mm-hmm. Is Alex Grinch actively is he the guy making pulling the strings on everything here, or is is him and Riley working in conjunction with each other? How that's would it. how would you? From what I, Josh, feel free to jump in. Uh, from what I've been told, I think people are trying to figure that out. Like, because I, it's it's really gonna say a lot depending on what happens. Like, if Ruffin and uh, Tibbs are back in charge of the defensive line, I don't. Whatever happens to the DB thing, um. Have we talked about that much? No, we no. haven't. I was just thinking nope. we're going to go into that. So, look, I'm not, I'm not, oh God, this is, I feel like I need to go to the, we need to pause the podcast. I need to go to the board and put this stuff out before people freak <laughs> out. Like, you would tell some board. Just, this is a, uh, just, I mean, just, you guys they, know, they, don't I was know on a, they don't know what time it is. We'll just say that we recorded this at 2.30. About I, that. <laughs> I, you guys walked in here. I was on a phone call. I was talking to somebody, a pretty good source. Um, and I was told that it's not a done deal that Kerry Cooks is out. Which do you, do you want me to tell you everyone, what I said? Everyone's response was pretty much universal, which was what Eddie? What the fuck? Why? <laughs> That's what I said. We all thought the same thing. It doesn't make sense to me. It it honestly doesn't make sense to me. How can you justify? I mean, and, and there's so it, much. This evidence. sounds so bad that I'm shitting on him like this, but like, there's no evidence that gives me belief that to think that they can get this thing turned around with him. I don't believe it because I mean, Alex Grinch is a def- he has a defensive back uh, backfield background. I mean, you would think if there's one position coach he's going to hire that is just like a, it doesn't even have to be a home run, but you know, it's going to make a lot of sense. It would be a DB coach. The I come at it from the other way. So if you assume this, now it's Grinch. Like you said, he was safety's coach and co-DC at Ohio State. He's got a defensive back background. Even if he's going to say, I'm just going to stick with the safeties at Oklahoma. Okay, he's got to find a corners coach. So Kerry Cooks is going to go from co-DC and secondaries coach and, and secondary coach to just corners. I, I don't think Cooks does that. I don't think he makes that move. And... I don't know how Grinch would feel good about selling people on, yeah, okay, he's going to be my corners coach and my co-DC based on what happened last year to forget that basically he would take Mike's job, whoever the linebacker's coach is would take Kish's job, and everything else on that defense is going to stay the same. I, I I, I don't know... I don't know how you make that case, and I don't know how you'd feel good about that as a DC, knowing how bad that defense was last year and has been for several years. 
Plus, and I mentioned this to you guys when we talked about it a little bit before the pod, that doesn't look great from an optics perspective. It looks like you're laying all of these defenses' problems on Tim Kish and Mike Stoops because those are the only two guys that are going to go. So yeah. we fixed everything because Tim and Mike left. Well, and not to mention, I mean, you're talking about a secondary that literally gets worse. Gets worse. I mean, what's the one thing that we talked about even after the Texas game was the fact that this defense and this program, basically, on the defensive side of the ball, particularly a defensive back, the longer you stay in it, the worse you get. Whose fault is that? Uh, Jordan, I mean, guys, I think everybody forgets, as a sophomore, Jordan Thomas was talked about as like a first-round pick someday. And now I think he's like a backup in the CFL. Is it as simple as just waiting for Kerry Cooks to have a landing spot so you don't have to say he was fired? I, that's I think, what it feels like to me. That's what makes sense. I just, yeah, I mean, it is weird that nobody's been announced. I mean, Tim Kish announced his retirement, and that's the only thing that's, which is, it's weird. I mean, just go ahead and cut the cord, do it. I just, I don't know. This is, I mean, obviously, this is why I'm not a good person, but if you're going to make a There's move, only why reason. are you, well, it's one of the many. <laughs> why? If you're going to make a move, why why do you just sit around on your hands and make it look like everything's okay when in reality, like, if he takes a, it's it's like I told you guys before the pod started, if Kerry Cooks is, takes another job at wherever, you know, North Texas, North Texas or, has been or, or wherever, any school not above Oklahoma in the, in the ranks of college football, it's pretty obvious what happened. And he ain't getting hired at Bama or Clemson. I'll tell you that right now. It'll be interesting. Uh, like I said, that was the one position I was just like, well, we're not really getting any feedback on what's going on, but I think we all trust him to make a great hire there because that's what he knows. Well, yeah. He I mean, you, you go, you look at what he did with uh, being able to even get Alex Grinch here to Norman. Uh, you know, I there's a there's a lot of reasons, obviously, obvious reasons out there too, to think that Lincoln Riley knows what he's doing with this with these hires and with the, I guess, kind of the uh, restructuring of the defensive side of the football for Oklahoma. But it's it's interesting. I mean, I I feel like as much good as he's done and as much credit as he's gained with the fan base, bringing back somebody like Kerry Cooks not necessarily would hurt the opinion of people out there, but I don't know, maybe just go against the grain of all the good that he just did. And I know that sounds really shitty, but... Let's be honest. They haven't been good in a long time. Again. I, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Josh. I, You know, it's just, and like I said, I don't know that it's fair that we lay all of it at Kerry Cook's feet because, like, you know, there, there's some of this stuff that I know they're not teaching these kids. Like, some of the, the things you're seeing them do, there's no way that any DB coach in the history of man has taught these things. But at the same time, it's kind of like when Mike left and he, he had that interview, I think, with Dusty. Where he was like, you know, just he wasn't able to connect with the kids like he used to, and I don't know that that's the problem with Carrie, but there's clearly some kind of disconnect. There's some there's some message that's not getting through for some reason or another, and I don't know if that's Carrie's fault. I don't know if that's the kids' fault, but the bottom line is it's not working. And at that point, I feel like you have to rethink things. All right, uh, we're I mean, time will tell. Kind of like everything, we're going to keep tracking it uh, sooner. Scoop. That's just kind of one of the things that's floating around today. It could change 
quickly in 24 hours. We could find out after they take care of the linebacker job that DB, we start hearing some names coming Listen, in and interviewing for that. We are in the middle of the craziest coaching carousel that I can ever remember as far as, I mean, and a college head coach got fired from his job and is now a head coach in the NFL. Nothing is off the table. Uh, well, and you know, and people will say, oh, that's crazy. There, there's a connection to Oklahoma because Oklahoma is looking at Zach Spavadol, who is now Texas State's defensive coordinator. He was formerly the co-DC and linebackers coach at Texas Tech. Now that Cliff, Kingber, excuse me, Cliff Kingsbury has taken that job, is he in play to become the Arizona Cardinals' next linebackers coach? That's there is so much uh, like. Well, Bruce Feldman so has just put out. Moving. Bruce Feldman has just put out a tweet. Uh, Jake Spavital, who was uh, Cliff's offensive coordinator, may be in line for a job with the Cardinals too. So, if that happens, then all of a sudden Texas State has to go out and find a new head coach. All of a sudden, that'd be wild. That'd be so wild. And then wild. Zach Spavital is floating around out there either without a job or. Maybe a candidate at Oklahoma. <laughs> Again. What what if Zach then became the head coach at Texas State? Like just to, like Jake had like a month long reign. We don't have enough money to change the last name on the uh, <laughs> on the parking spot outside. We're gonna promote you to head coach. It is oh, wild. Play, everything. This is this is cost effective. Hey, can I sidebar real quick as well? And well, before you do that, uh, let me remind you: uh, you are listening to the uh, Chalk Talk Casino and Resort in Durant unofficial forty podcast. Want to remind you guys, a lot of great entertainment coming up uh, over in Durant. A great theater. Uh, one of the best in the state uh, to see a concert went over there. Uh, it, even though I'm not a Kansas, per, I'm not that old of a classic rock guy. Uh, it was a great concert. Really enjoyed it. Creedence Clearwater Revisited was there too. But they got the Scorpions coming up in January. Uh, Turnpike Troubadours coming up in February. Uh, Chris Stapleton has two shows there coming up. They're sold out, but check Seat Geek. Uh, you can get tickets through them. Uh, also, Tesla uh, and White Snake coming up uh, later on in the spring too. So, uh, it's a great weekend. Go check it out. Great hotel. You can stay. Make it a weekend. Kind of elevate uh, your weekend during the off season. And go check out the Choctaw Casino and Resort in Durant. And Eddie, you are more than welcome to go to your sidebar now. Thank you, Gary. As long as it's I just want it. No, <coughs> very very clean. Great very, sponsor. No, this is very clean. I just wanted to, uh, while we were talking about Cliff Kingsbury, I wanted to congratulate Cliff Kingsbury and one of my personal Twitter friends. She follows me on Twitter, Holly Saunders, uh-huh. for their uh, relationship that has now gone public. <laughs> what? Yep. She's not. She, I thought she was married to Eric Casillas. Oh, no. They got divorced a long time ago. Really? That was before she followed me on Twitter because she follows me on Twitter. But me and Holly Saunders and Cliff, hopefully we'll get together in the desert sometime. Could be uh, this weekend. See each other. It could be this could weekend. Be this I'm headed weekend. out this weekend. Did you so. tell Holly that you're coming? Uh, no, I need to put it out there. Uh, I don't think there's any question from anybody in this pod. Holly Saunders, a much bigger win for him than the Arizona Cardinals job. Uh, yeah, you would think that on paper. Well, it's just kind of debatable with uh, her decision-making and yeah. having been married to Eric Asias, who's just a scumbag to begin with. So That was a weird okay. deal. Okay. He must I mean, have a huge I, hog. I, I didn't realize this was an on-the-paper kind of evaluation, but I like well, that. I like, I, I like to put it all out on paper before we make any decisions. Sure. You're, you're a pros and cons kind of guy? Yeah, yeah. I got you. Like cons, cans, yes, for Holly Saunders. <laughs> Plus, millions of dollars don't come out of vaginas. 
That's true, too. That's true, too. Uh, I mean, uh, uh, how about this? Well, do we, do we think uh, we she's go, made we, all her money for talent? I mean, is except that, is that for, you know, porn stars, maybe. Do you see the Bunky Perkins tweet? One of the best, the best tweets of the year, I thought, so far to date. And I know we're early. We're only nine days into 2019. But he said uh, yesterday, Bunky Perkins, great follow on Twitter, by the way. Uh, let me find it. Let me find it. Let me find it. Let me find it. Getting kicked out of college, trying your luck in L.A., but ending up in Scottsdale is the origin story of most porn stars, <laughs> dot, 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 and Cliff Kingsbury. That is really that was good. pretty good. Yeah, that is very good. Well, Back to you, Carrie. That's that's good for Cliff because there are a lot of co-eds uh, in Tucson that could. Uh, I'm telling you, I tried to pitch it yesterday to HBO. They need to bring Hard Knocks back to the Cardinals and then also add in a real sex episode as well. Could go back to back with Cliff in uh, the desert. Well, the Bunny Ranch guy died. Dennis uh, Hoff. yeah, Dennis Hoff. Yeah, he was found by Ron Jeremy. Yeah, he, yeah, Ron Jeremy found his body. I mean, we currently have one of the greatest reality shows just out there i mean you could have cliff in the desert in scottsdale running through milfs and then you have joey freshwater aka lane kiffin and boca raton <laughs> doing his thing i mean this is it doesn't get any Think better all the divorcees and boca raton doesn't get any better was there anything crazier than just standing there outside of florida atlantic's practice facility after multi-million dollar jet after multi-million dollar jet landed like it was like like rush hour yeah that was crazy <laughs> they were just coming. backed up one after another and not anything for like, a, i mean I'd that never, was early in the week too it wasn't like people were coming in for the game it or was anything. A monday or something yeah. i mean it was crazy yeah. like how much damn money is in florida i would it's say insane. in that, that little fort lauderdale area that we stayed in probably a lot i mean some of those houses i mean bob you saw them on the float uh the trip over the media party those some of those houses on the water are just incredible you know what great goes great with a house on the water? Coop Works. Oh, that's true. Uh, CoopLWorks.com. Go check them out. Uh, another great sponsor of the podcast. Uh, nine years they've been brewing local uh, beers here in Oklahoma City. Uh, seven great uh, year-round beers. The F5 IPA. Uh, if you go to their website, CoopLWorks.com, and you're outside of the Oklahoma City area, say uh, in Dallas, and you want to find a bar or a store where you can pick up your Coop Works. Just go to the website. They've got a locator for you to show you uh, the nearest places where you can pick up your Coupel Works. And uh, make sure you get the Horny Toad Blonde. Uh, that's a, a starter beer for me. Because uh, if you like you know, domestic beers, like a good Budweiser, Coors, uh, that really gives you an idea of what Coupel Works is all about and how good their beers can be. So great sponsor of the pod. We always love it that people uh, tweet us as they're getting ready to enjoy their game, their Thunder game, whatever. With their Coupel Works, and we always try and uh, retweet those. So uh, thanks for everybody for doing that, and thanks to Coupel Works for being a great sponsor of the show. Okay, so uh, recruiting, we've got uh, official visits coming back. I know, Josh, you were down at the All-American game. Uh, Jaden Hazelwood, I'm sure you had to be relieved that that finally was put to bed. Yeah, it was, it was funny. Walking away from the little uh, the table where he announces it on national TV – I was walking away, and I walked past our Georgia guy, Jake Royce, and I said something like, I'm glad that's over. And he goes, "I, me more than you, dude. And, like, that's the way that thing felt. Like, just, I want to be done with this story. Like, I'm tired of talking about it. I'm tired of playing stupid about it for yeah. three weeks. Like, I, I just, 
I don't want to be part of it anymore. So, um, I believe that was last. Well, Saturday. that was two years in a row. You had to do the same thing uh, with Buki last year. Oh well. Oh, you had a nice little run at the uh, the army or the the All American yeah, game yeah. here. As far as announcements with Buki and Mixon and by the way, how was the how was the crowd there without all the army personnel? It was smaller, but it was still way better than what I thought. I bet you there was. 15,000 there, you know, something like that. I mean, it wasn't bad. It didn't it wasn't, look empty on TV, but they don't show, you know, the whole... Oh, they make... Yeah. 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 The, the, I mean, it's not like Under Armour. Under Armour is like a ghost town. Like, I'm always like... I feel like there's people on the stands, like, they're just sitting there, like, flicking popcorn into their mouth because there's no one around them to give a shit. Like, they're just... There's never anybody there. So, um, no, but, yeah, that the Hazelwood story, I, it was the first time he really talked with me. I, it was my third interview with him. And he really was very guarded and didn't say much in the first two. But that one, I probably cut it shorter than I should have because he was very kind of – he was actually answering questions and talking about things and seemed excited. And, um, you know, that, that, was, that was kind of fun to kind of see maybe what he's actually like. But I, I thought the funniest thing of the whole week was Spencer Rattler. Like everybody else is like kind of winking and nodding about, about <laughs> Jay Hazelwood. Spencer Rattler would not commit to – anything he like, knows that like, he, he yeah. knows that he needs some trust there if he's gonna be throwing the football to him yeah it, it was very much like ah, you know we'll see what happens I don't, I don't know anything about anything i wouldn't i wouldn't ever know anything never i i would have no interest in who the receivers are at this university i don't care and you're just like it's it's too much like you're, you're going you're overcorrecting here spencer just just calm and play it cool man you know the, the thing about hazelwood's weekend and i think the same for theo weiss uh, in orlando is those were two five stars, and those were two guys that basically just did whatever they wanted to do in those games, even against the best in the country. I hope everybody's seen the video that we got of Hazelwood's touchdown from the field. That was one of the funner videos I've shot. Like, and you, and I don't know if you could see it all on television. Like, I don't know if they kept with it the whole time, but like he went and he grabbed the ball and he tried to throw it up into the stands. But thankfully, he's a receiver, and it didn't get all the way to the stands. So that was that was kind of a whole thing. But um, but no, I mean, like that was, like I said, you get to see these guys, and he's always been so reserved. It was fun to see him kind of like cut loose and just be a high school kid and kind of do what he does. But you're right. I mean, Theo and Hazelwood. I don't think anybody could come out of those two games not arguing that they're the two best receivers in the country. And Josh, the final rivals ranking should come out next week, if I believe that's right. You see that's any right. significant changes after these two All-Star games? No, I mean, you'll see some slight moving around, I think. Um, I, you know, I think there's still some people that have some questions on Austin Stogner. Um, I, I think you might see him dip a little bit. I don't. I mean, I don't want people to misunderstand. He didn't have a bad week. No one's like, oh, you know, we got to totally change our stance on him. Uh, I, I just think you might see him dip a little bit. Um, EJ and Doma Ogar, I, I, I liked what I saw through the week of EJ, but at the same time, it's one of those deals where you get into these national events and you guys, you know how this is. You're like, oh man, that's a big kid, and then he gets amongst other big kids, and you're like, he's not as big as I thought he was, and and that's EJ. Like he's six two and a half, six three. I mean. 300 pounds. He is a large human being by any measurement on the planet. But when he's amongst other big people, he just doesn't look as big. And so I think, you know, and I've talked about it before. I think he'll start at center. So I don't think it's that big of a deal. Um, but like I said, I think that's something to kind of keep an eye on. Um, and but he's no, definitely I, a guy that's going to benefit 
uh, from strength and conditioning in college. Oh yeah, he's, he's he won't got some he won't feel play. like he benefits at first because he's going to be throwing up a lot. But yeah, it was pretty clear yeah. he was not in great football shape. Um, so yeah, I mean, like I don't see any big movers up, but it's largely because the two guys that played incredible games, they they there's not much room for them to go anywhere. I mean, three and four, like could they jump to one and two? Maybe I don't think that's what's going to happen. I I I wouldn't have a receiver that high. But, you know, I, I can't know. Uh, the one guy I would say maybe quietly because his team got beaten so badly that people are forgetting really had some really impressive moments was Spencer Rattler. That yeah. guy made some throws. That, like, being on the field and watching it, it was kind of just holy shit. Like, that guy's really, really good. Well, it was nice that the coaching staff for the white team kind of pulled their heads out and realized that using a different quarterback every series wasn't going to work. Was that before or after we put him on the hot seat? That was after. That was after. They, made the, they must have been reading our Twitter. Must have mm-hmm. been. That yeah. Um, I, I know some folks on that staff. Haven't heard any feedback yet. I, I'm, I haven't <laughs> found out that I'm no longer welcome at their high school campus anymore. Um, but yeah, there was there were some Blame things me, all through the week from the West that were really strange. Like I know, like the Monday practice. I'm talking to the guys, and they're like, "Yeah, we don't really know what we did yesterday. It was just kind of." Like, it was kind of install, but really we just stood around a lot. Like, and you're like, oh, that's that's good. You've only got five days to practice, and one of them just, you don't really know what you did. So that that's good. But, you know, I and it was funny. The only guy that I felt like I could tell he really cared how the game came out, and it's one of the reasons I like him so much, is EJ. EJ was pissed off after the game. He was not super happy that they'd just gotten embarrassed. And, He's from Allen, Texas. He's not used to losing at all, much less getting humiliated on national television. And just, you know, outside of, of all the guys that we talked about, we've all seen, well, I think we've all seen the receivers either in Atlanta or, you know, uh, high school. We've all, all three of us in here went to Trajan's game. Josh has been to his games. Like, to me, Trajan is, um, he's the most versatile out of all three of those guys. Like, Theo and Jaden are going to make huge plays down the field, but I think Trajan could be a guy that is a bigger, more versatile kind of inside guy if he wanted to be. He reminds me, not so much in his game, but in what you're talking about, Kerry, of Sterling. Because you can line him up outside and he'd be fine. He can run across the middle, he'd be fine. Like, there's, he is one of the, like, Theo and Jaden, like, maybe can work vertically and be outside and they're a little better than Trajan is over the middle. And some of that stuff, he can do stuff. They just can't do like he, he is so adept and he has a great feel for things. Like you just watch him work. There were a couple of plays with Rattler in that game where he was so close to making a big play. He had the drop in the end zone that, I mean, like, I don't think it was on him. It was just, it was a tough catch um, in in a really kind of tight window. So it, like I said, I think Trajan is, and I feel bad for him because Theo and Jaden had their huge moments, and I think it's kind of made him slip to the background. Don't do that. Trajan Bridges is a really, really good player that's going to, I think, can be a C.D. Lamb type, type guy before it's all said and done. And all three will arrive in Norman this weekend. Yeah. The, that, that, that group of early enrollees is not too shabby. You think... Uh... I mean, can you imagine like Austin Kendall and Tanner Mordecai out there with those receivers doing seven on sevens? 
Well, it, it made me think of, do you guys, I, I think it was, it might have been, it was Jeff Mead that made the comment a couple years ago when Marquise Brown and Sedarian Lamb showed up and he's like, man, I'm glad I'm not a freshman right now trying to get in here with these guys. Like, I can't even imagine what that would have felt like. Can you imagine, like, being, like, the group around them that's like, are you kidding me? All three of you? This is ridiculous. Because it's, I mean, because those aren't even guys, like, there are a lot of guys that are really talented that when they get into a big setting, they, you can see it gets a little too big for them. That's not those three. Those guys are going to be like, give me the damn ball. Like, I want it, and I want it now. And, you know, the, the important thing is going to be how hard they work, not on the, the you know, on the seven-on-seven seven stuff. It's going to be in the weight room. I mean, that's where you really make your impressions on veterans. Because, I mean, I remember back to Adrian Peterson and just how in awe everyone was of him as a freshman. But they wouldn't have been that way if he also hadn't have been leading them in all the drills. I mean, I remember them talking about, uh, you know, they'd be doing drills and he was the last man standing. Like, on the first day, like, when they all got back, that's when Jerry Schmidt would just try and kill everyone. And, like, Adrian Peterson was still going when everybody was puking their guts out. <laughs> it's unbelievable. But it's that oh. he's just a freak. But, I mean, that's the kind of impression that you have to make on the on guys like CeeDee Lamb and, and Grant Calcaterra. And should be pointed out, to my knowledge, Schmitty never killed anybody, which makes me think he probably would have never been good enough to be on DJ Durkin's staff. No, wow. he did just pointing and, and it out. People, By the way, people the Alabama, trying, uh, that's one thing we never talked Scott about. Cochran? Alabama, boy, they nixed that DJ Durkin thing really fast when they realized how much blowback they were going to get when he was supposed to go, go and be helping them prep for OU. They came when, out. They came out yeah. and they were like, uh, no, he's not coming here. People keep trying to like, oh, maybe DJ Durkin to Oklahoma. That's never going to happen, people. Never. That dude is toxic right now. There's, if Nick Saban can't purify your bullshit, then no one can. I mean, he, he took on Sark after Sark was basically a drunk. Yeah. And that's they, who, that's who uh that's who Cliff needs to go after. Sharky run his offense out in Arizona. Oh well, I mean it worked well in Atlanta. Sark and Scottsdale. Whew. <laughs> no, I hadn't thought of it from that angle. Yeah, that that's would, all I'm uh, thinking about. Well, and, and what amazes me, and, and I, I think the Roy Manning guy is really interesting. I think that would be a good hire for Oklahoma. But there's no way you'll convince me that people haven't told themselves he's better than Brian Odom or Zach Spavadol simply because he coaches at a school they know. Correct. Like, we know UCLA, so he must be better, even though UCLA was terrible yeah, last did, year. You, you know, oh, you played UCLA. Did you watch that game this year? Yeah. Like, did uh, you know, and like I said, I don't want that to be like we're shitting on Manning. Like I think he's a good coach, I do. But at this, like I said, it's not like Zach Spavital coached arguably the best linebacker in the Big Twelve last year. And I thought like, Tech played well as a linebacker crew. Remember in that game, uh, Dakota Allen didn't even play most of that game when OU played, and they were up. they were yeah. still pretty decent. Mm-hmm. Oh, they they fought OU a lot harder than a lot of teams that have more respected defenses. And he like, and the way they did it fits in to what Grinch talked about. Of we're going to be aggressive and we're going to try to create turnovers. And we want to attack. And by the way, Eddie, to kind of steal your thunder, how fully erect was the board as they were reading that quote that he sent out about how they want to play defense? Who? 
Grinch Alex when Grinch. he sent that oh. thing out where he's like, Sorry. we're going to be attacking, we're going to oh, be yeah. aggressive. And I'm like, the, the whole board is just literally. Well, you could have said, as a new, as the new guy, he could have said anything. He could have said that he's going to come and take all their parents' money. And the the board been like, oh, yeah, this one's great. <laughs> it, well, it, all I could see yeah, is the he's Randy not, He's not Mike Stoops. This guy's awesome. <laughs> uh but no, I mean, so like Spavadol and the way Tech played would fit into what they do. And like I said, I and I've posted actually some stuff on the board while this pod's been going on. I I continue to hear there's interest there. I, I think it's going to matter how this Cardinal situation goes, and then we'll kind of see what happens. Obviously, you know, like Kerry talked about already, Odom and Manning. I, like I said, we'll, we'll see. Linebacker. Feels like it's really close to being done, but there's still so many variables you can't quite put it together. And then defensive back, Ruffin McNeil. I mean, all that stuff's still up in the air. We oh, I thought you were saying Ruffin McNeil was going to become the DB's <laughs> coach. So, like that's a twist. I didn't see that. That would be a bad idea. Well, I, I want to watch Ruffin like tw- like everybody talks about me on the board. Like I want to see him turn his hips. I want to see him flip and go. You got a sundial? It might be the last time you see it. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> uh, I was Carrie and Bob that said that. It wasn't, I, didn't, <laughs> I didn't say, I didn't say shit, anything. Bro. Eddie's just, he's, he's not old enough yet for Eddie to rip on him. He's only 60. It's true. Is he? I thought he was a little older than that. He, Everybody does. Yeah. He, I tell this to people all the time. He looks older than his age. Or he yeah. acts older than his age. He's he's a river rat, man. Um, outside of okay, you know, as we said, the dead period's coming to an end. Coaches are going to be able to get out on the road. You've got twenty three signees, not commitment signees already. Josh, what's the roadmap ahead? How many spots do they have left? Uh, and who are the guys? that could fill it in, in what kind of positions are they looking strictly defensive guys here? Well, uh, it's not strictly defensive guys. Um, and, and actually it wouldn't shock me if it's a majority of offensive guys. I think three or four, I think four is absolute max. I think it's probably three is what we're looking at here in January. I think in a perfect world, they'd like to have David Aguebu. I think they, obvi- they absolutely want one more offensive lineman. They might, take a second and that's and to me if there's someone else it's kind of an outlier that maybe maybe Alex Grinch loves a corner that's still out there or you know a new position coach has a guy that he thinks is really going to fit what they want to do you know it would have to be I think someone new coming in and saying Lincoln we've got to find a way to get this guy in our class and really kind of stand on a table for a guy um I they I guess we should start with Enoch Vamahi the offensive lineman from Hawaii he's coming in this weekend uh, USC clearly leads. Oklahoma's got work to do there. He was really pretty impressive at the All-American game in San Antonio last week. Had a chance to watch him through the game, through a day of practice. Uh, kind of a lighter guy. Doesn't really look like some of the guys OU's recruited through the years. Um, looks almost, I, I hate to say it, but almost more like a James Patton type offensive lineman. Um, but what does that translate with, to? Yeah, well, I mean, but the thing was, like, you saw him, and you're like, he looks kind of lean and kind of long, but he was physical. Like, he wasn't getting pushed around like I thought he might. Like, he, he's definitely a guy that, as he gets bigger, he'll be a he'll be a quality player, I think. Um, so and you, then you've got – oh, go ahead. 
kind of a Derek Farnyhawk. Is that what you're saying? Uh, no, 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 no. I don't mean I don't mean <laughs> that as like an insult. Like Patton guys were always kind of like converted tight ends. Like they they yeah. were just longer and kind of lean and flat bellied. As to where like Bills guys are like whatever. I ate three cheese dogs on the way here. I don't care. And then they just go you know kick your ass. So. um that, that's kind of that's always been a difference and it was weird for me when bill first started offering guys i was like you want that dude he's 330 you know like it was just it was culture shock but anyway um i and i also think oklahoma in a, again in a perfect world would like to take danielson ek the offensive lineman from kansas city um he has not taken an officials anywhere i think he definitely wants to go to oklahoma it's just going to be a matter of if that's how the numbers work out and can oklahoma I don't know if Oklahoma is planning to or can take both he and Vamahi. I don't know that that's been decided yet. So is his the, name we'll really Danielson? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's a great name. Yeah. He's um It's Daniel Son. I think he's Haitian, Danielson. if I remember right. Something like that. Parents probably big karate kid fans. Oh. Oh wow. You went there. It took me a second to catch up, but now I'm with you. And it's, um, it's not Ike. EK. Do you think he'll call like the offensive lineman? Uh, he'll call Bill like Miyagi. No, okay, I hope fine. so. I hope so. This portion I mean, carry of the podcast has been sponsored by Is This Racist? <laughs> Children of the eighties. Um, but no, I. I guess the final piece is David Aguebu. Um, Aguebu played in the or didn't play. He was there through the week in the All American game. Um, didn't take part in the game. Wasn't there on Saturday. Uh, there's a lot of a lot of stuff out there. I don't. I don't want to get into too much of it. Um, I, I think Oklahoma is still trying to kind of effort how they look at that, what they think of that. If that's if they're going to be concerned about that, or if it wasn't a big deal. So we'll kind of have to see what happens there. Um, but I, I definitely. I think they want to take him. It's just a matter of if they can feel comfortable that this guy is going to come in and do the stuff we need him to do. If he's going to walk the straight and narrow. Yeah, because I I don't think at this point there's any question that Oklahoma is where he wants to go. Like, I feel very confident in saying that. Um, it's just a matter of... Can we is, not beat around the bush on that a little bit? Because, I mean, that's going to confuse... We know how it works. People are going to be like, what are they saying? It was mm-hmm. a discipline issue at the at the All-America yeah. game, right? Yeah, uh, yeah, you're right. You're right. Like I, like I said, I... Part of I hate it because I haven't really gotten into it on the board because I don't know how I want to address it. And I like when I can talk and kind of say it like I want to say it without everybody coming back and be like, well, what does this mean? You know, like Because people don't ever take what you say on the radio or even what you post out of context. That hasn't happened this morning. That's never going to happen, Carrie. You just get to say it exactly like you want to, and everybody understands completely. And um, that's the other no. – I, I want to address that too real quick. Okay, like, go for it. When we're on the pod, we enjoy it because we do get to talk and you get to hear us how we're talking about things that are delicate. It's just like with the Odom thing. It's just like, look, I don't think it's over. I'm not questioning any reports. I'm not telling anyone that they're wrong. I just, I, it's not going to shock me if something still develops there with Brian Odom. See, to me, that it doesn't, you know, incite a riot or any panic. It doesn't. I'm not saying anything negative about football scoop or Gabe DeArmond at Power Mizzou. I'm just saying I don't think it's over. And you'll just have to trust my reputation 
on whether you believe that or not. So there. Ditto. And no, that's not on the board, which I'm going to get killed for <laughs> if I don't get it on the board before I post this podcast. It's on the board. Is it? Okay. Good. Ditto, ditto, ditto. So, yeah, Just sometimes saying. we have conversations that aren't always on the board, but for the most part, when we have something major to talk about, I mean, those are, this is the minutia of coaching hires and what goes on and little things here and little things there. Uh, just like the Kerry Cooks thing. We're not going to put a big headline that says, sources say Kerry Cooks could be back. We don't know. We're just hearing that it's not Im- an impossibility that he would remain on the staff. We None of us think it's a good idea. But it hasn't been ruled out from what I've been told. And stuff like this, it's, it's so hard because you want to just report facts. But it all moves so fast and it's all so fluid that if I wait for facts, then I end up reporting nothing. Like, like this is absolutely the case. Well, then it's like there, there's no, there's no, there's almost nothing beyond like who, what, where, why, and when. Yeah, I mean, outside of that, just recruiting and, and official visits and final signing day, it is anticlimactic, but I don't mind it to be honest with you. Yeah, this this month will be about twenty twenty offers. You're going to see so many, especially defense that's actually if i can be the twitter guy again that's where alex grinch has been this morning following a lot of 2020 guys on defense and things of that nature how would you guys say the 2020 class is right now in comparison to maybe where they were last year do you mean as compared to like the 2019 class last year yes okay uh i i I think it's ahead of where they were which is crazy to say because that was a historic start for 2019 every year it's gotten a little bit better like under right like really since you kind of saw bob make that change in 2017 where they started doing more and trying to become more uh, you know inventive in their recruiting uh, you've seen it get a little better this 2020 group i mean darian green warren just went to the future 50 and in florida and from all accounts was very good uh jalen knighton is outstanding Drew Sanders was uh, the Denton area MVP uh, for a team that he missed several games for. So, I mean, this this group is uh, – Jason McClellan won a state championship for an undefeated Alito team. I mean, you just go down the list, and it's nothing but dudes that are not just like, oh, he's a good prospect or there's some talent there. These are guys making plays for big-time programs and doing good things. Um, well, what's crazy, too, is like, you know, everybody – I know everybody's like, well, I wish we had a little bit better running class in this year, but – then next year, you've already got Jace McClellan and Knighton, and then you got Zach Evans that's still listing OU as a favorite, and you're like, well, maybe they should get rid of one of these and bring in Zachary Evans. I had a discussion with a couple of my buddies about this. This slander on Marcus Major's name completely baffles me. It's not uh-huh. his fault that he, got ten, he never ten got the football. Yeah, yeah. Like, I think, say, might we know one of these buddies, Eddie? Say what? Might a few of us know one of these buddies? Uh, Yeah, maybe. Okay, I just, there, there, there's one buddy of yours I know that's... It just been, it doesn't make sense to me. Why? I mean, it, I would probably be saying Oklahoma, the same thing. Yeah, and he's, and he's a, a three-star, star, and yeah. I just... I, I think Marcus Major's going to be a good football player at Oklahoma. And that's I'll real, die on that hill. That's going to be a question for 2020. You're looking at Andrew Rame, Miles Slusher, Javion Hester, Savion uh, Morrison, Dominic Richardson. 
when you see those names, people here automatically assume they should be and they need to be Sooners. That's just not going to be the case. And sometimes that's going to be really hard for people to accept. In a lot of years, Savion Morrison and Dom Richardson would already be OU offers. It's just an insane year for running backs in 2020. And Oklahoma's already got two of the probably top 10 in the whole country committed. I, you, you, I mean, I, I love Oklahoma kids. I've always taken a lot of pride in trying to make sure those guys get the attention they deserve, and I don't feel any differently about those guys. I, you know, Sevion's a guy I've been talking to for a long time. Uh, the, the whole thing, like, I, I want to help all those guys. But you only have so many running backs you can take. And in any class, if you're taking more than two, you're either depleted or you're making a poor decision. Like, there, there's no way around that. So maybe a spot opens up. Maybe, you know, something changes down the road. But right now, you can't fault Oklahoma for not recruiting running backs in the state because they've got guys that are, I mean, by pretty much all the other schools that everybody's like, oh, well, they offered before Oklahoma did. Well, those schools all offered Jalen Knighton and Jace McClellan before they offered any of these guys in state. You know, my nephew, uh, he, he's in the band for uh, Frisco Reedy, and they played uh, Alito this year. And after, like, all those parents saw Jace McClellan, it was like, they had just seen the second coming of Barry Sanders. And I was like, you know how it's like, it's like, okay, you just don't see great football players right, like that exactly. every day like we do. But I'm, I was just kind of like, he's a big damn deal in the state of Texas. Like, people are just drooling over that kid. And I still go through that here. I see a kid, I'm thinking, oh, he'd be, oh, you good. And then you go to Texas or you go to Under Armour camp or Rivals camp, some, something of that nature. Like, wait a minute. Yeah. Now I get it. Now I get who's the elite of the elite. And sometimes it's not the kid that's in your backyard, even though you're sort of hoping it would be because it means a lot for the for the state to have that one of that caliber. Well, we've, we've talked it, about this time and time again, Josh. Just uh, Me and you have just driving up and doing the spring tours and stuff. That's why it's so important to get out and actually see these guys because you get an idea of what you see on Huddle or, you know, watching going to a high school game in Oklahoma. But until you go to the camps or until you go to the, the national settings or to a, a Texas high school game or anything like that, it's like you don't truly have an idea of where these guys stack up against each other. I it's guess. like when you you see like Malik Jefferson in person for the first time or you see Baron Browning like down at a rivals camp. You're just like, okay, these kids are just different than everybody yeah. else. Yep. No, I mean, and Oklahoma produces some of those guys, but it's just not the same number. I mean – you go like I can go in Houston to just about any high school game I want to on any given Friday night, and I'm going to see one or two Division One caliber athletes. Like now, they may not make it because of grades, or they may not make it, you know, for whatever other reason. They, you know, they may be a head case, whatever it could be. But there's a couple of guys on that field that I'm like, damn, that dude's a really good football player. That's not the case in Oklahoma. That it just, and that's just the way the numbers work out. It's the way. It's social demographics. There's a whole bunch of other things to consider. But just generally, you have to understand that it's going to be different. And like I said, I love my Oklahoma guys, but there are times every year when I'll be really excited about a guy, and I've seen him. And Hell, it'll be a guy I've seen in person, and I'll take him to a national event. You know, we'll, I'll see him at a national event, or I'll get him an invite to a to camp in Texas. And he gets down there amongst those guys, and I'm like, oh, he doesn't look as pretty as I thought he did. But at the same time, there are years when I, there's Gerald McCoy or Dax Hill, and you're like, 
I don't need to worry about you for a second. You, you stick out even amongst all these dudes. So, and that's like, if all you see is Oklahoma high school football, you don't understand the things you're not seeing. Guys, it was like when you went to Kansas and saw Marcus Hicks. I was getting ready to say the same thing. <laughs> like, yep, that's even a different level of, uh, of uh, separation. Because yep. it's like, it's so, it's so bad. It's almost like Marcus Hicks can't function on the same field because guys are too small. Uh, they're not strong. Like they just play teams. You just like, it's not, it doesn't, it doesn't compute. It doesn't look, he shouldn't be out there. Like it's not doing him any good to be out there playing in this game. He would have been such a a mismatch. He would have been a prime example of somebody that, you know, if the opportunity presented itself should have gone to like an IMG or something that would have really pushed himself. That's why IMG has been created in my opinion for, for guys like that. There are cases like that that I can actually understand, and I I hate IMG. I, I don't like that whole sure. not IMG. Like oh, I just hate the no, setups. I, I like hate that. the idea as well. Yeah, but at the same time, I I can see it in cases like that. Another good one: Marcus Stripling from Mady Creek in Houston. They were terrible. Really terrible. One one of the worst high school football teams I watched the last few years. That but bad. They've got a special defensive end that could have went to IMG and competed against the best. Had been more college ready than he would have been. I, the guys I don't understand are like when you leave from Allen or you leave from Katie or you like, like what do you think you're getting there that you're not getting at your home base? Yeah. Plus you get to stay with your family and friends and, you know, have a real high school experience rather than basically you're in college early. I did. I did like the, the running back from uh, Marcus Hicks high school. It's going to Iowa state. Hey, kid went to, the, yeah. he was in the, one of the all-star games, wasn't he? He was, yeah. a, he was, he was at, in the uh, San Antonio, the all American game. Yeah. God, they've, they've got to find a sponsor. Yeah. Turn their backs on the troops. Kind of interesting. <laughs> I don't think that's what oh my God. <laughs> the troops didn't want to pay the money anymore. Uh, that's what, they've um, got their own, they've got they the bowl games now and all that stuff. And you know, and I, I should preface this with, I'm a Navy guy all day, every day. But I, I gotta say, the uniforms this year, the army was army's been holding them back. Those uniforms were pretty. Those were really good, yeah. Yeah, those were sweet this year. Those were really nice. It so. is. I will say the the uh, the the juxtaposition of the army sitting in the stands while over the years while you've had uh, uh, what's it, Deshaun Jackson fumbling celebrating before he gets into the end zone and. Guys throwing footballs in the stands and stuff, and all the the stuff that kids do. You're just kind of like, I don't know if these values really go together. <laughs> Which well, is why I like the un, the Under Armour having the throne. Just like, just embrace it. This, yeah, this is what. But these you know kids what? Do. You can always tell those guys in the army loved it. Like the guys that were in the stands, they loved it when they threw the footballs up to them and stuff. Oh yeah, yeah. Because they, I mean, in like. And, you know, for the people that watch it on television, they can't tell. You know, while the game's going on, the announcers, they're doing all kinds of stuff during the breaks and stuff with the Army. And, you know, they're doing cheers like the USC Army guys stand up or the, you know, so they're doing all kinds of stuff to get those guys going. And it's why for a all-star game, it's actually a pretty cool atmosphere or it, it, it always it was, was yeah. I guess you'd say. Yeah. All right, uh, so coaching search, we're going to be keeping our eyes and ears to the ground on that. Um, just keep checking Sooner Scoop and the Crimson uh, Corner message boards. Uh, still lots of content to come as well with recruiting. 
uh, coming up. I know I've got some leftover stuff from the uh, bowl game and media day I'm going to be working on. And uh, Bob, basketball, uh, tough one last night as uh, they, they fall to the number eight team in the country in Texas Tech. Uh, but the, the good news is they've already played the two best teams on the road. Exactly. And they got TCU at home on Saturday. I know there's a lot of people right now waiting for OU to get a win that matters. They're 0-3 against ranked teams. So I get why people a little skeptical about how this group is really going to, to be. But, you know, they could have given up last week in Lawrence. They could have laid down last night in Lubbock. They're still fighting, but the offensive execution could be an issue. I just feel... I don't know how that's going to get solved. I think they're just going to have to grind out a lot of games. And I, I would say the one guy um, that I've probably been the most impressed with so far in the early goings is probably Christian Doolittle. If, he's, he's been fantastic. I, I think he's really started to come on. If he can stay at that level, because, you know, is it still just a few, few games where he shows flashes, or can he do this the entire way and then give him – a legitimate, you know, second or third option between him and Brady Manick, who's two or three, with Christian James being the top guy. That's yeah. not bad. And if you can get McNeese to finally get 100% healthy, adds another layer. They, you, need, to, I mean, they need to get McNeese healthy. I, and I, th- I think, you know, believe it or not, the way that they've played, and even though they've lost in Lawrence and Lubbock, I think it's pretty encouraging the way that they've competed in both of those arenas and both of those, you know, stages, kind of big stages too. But... To have a shot, I think, at like a top five, top four seed, they need Manic and Christian James to to play at a higher, more consistent level. Yeah, and I still don't know. If, I still don't know if OU has a, a guy that when it when they need a basket, I still don't know if you can trust Christian James right now. Yeah, he showed it in the non con part, yeah, he but did this, it a bunch of shitty basketball. The enemy was yeah. the one that hit the big shot last night to draw him you back know. into three. Back into a one possession but game. But he and Calixti have kind of, to me, just been up and down. I and you know what, scoring the basketball is not their forte. I mean, they have an identity and it's set on the defensive end, and uh, they they're really good defensively. Yeah. Like they are very good defensively. But it's going to be interesting to see how this whole thing works out. Uh, there's a lot of basketball we played. Get back on track against TCU this weekend, and uh, that's another top to, twenty five team. And Texas losing to Oklahoma State, I thought. Not send a message, but that tells you something about this league, maybe. Yeah, it's, it's a tough league again. It's one of the best conferences in the country. For Iowa State Iowa beats State beating Kansas. Kansas yeah. Then loses to Baylor. Yeah, you got to be ready every night, yep. and especially on the road. Uh, okay, and the one thing that we didn't address is, uh, other than Kyler Murray, uh, NFL declarations, uh, the Bobby Evans thing has been interesting over the last 24 hours or so. Uh, I, think, I think he's been back and forth and back is I think where he might be right now, which is I think most people thought he's going to declare. He's going to go to the NFL. Uh, I was told he did get a great draft grade, um, and I think we talked about this on the last podcast, that uh, you know he'd met with Bill Biedenbone. He'd come up with a plan to let him play right tackle and really grow this next year and improve his draft stock. And, hell, look at Lane Johnson. He's a right tackle doing great in the NFL. Uh, but now you're kind of hearing the rumor swirl that he's going to go ahead and declare. I did reach out to someone last night. Uh, they didn't seem to uh, refute, you know, that a, a declaration was imminent. So, again, I'm, I'm not going to be surprised. I don't think it would be the right move for Bobby Evans. I think coming back, uh, maybe it's a deal where 
he meets with Lincoln Riley one more time and changes his mind again? I don't know. But obviously Lincoln's pretty busy with recruiting starting up again and trying to find these assistants. Uh, but I'm sure he'd take time, you know, to, to try and win back over Bobby Evans. But I just, I don't know. With with I said this in the beginning, I would be surprised if he didn't go just because of what happened to Tay and the fact that, you know, your career could be over at any time, especially as an offensive lineman. Yeah, I didn't expect that surprise entry like Dominique Alexander, Devontae Lampkin, but if Bobby Evans goes, he, I, I would add him to that list because this wasn't the season. He would have had a better chance, in my opinion, of leaving after last year compared to coming off of the season he just had. But if if he still sees the money and still sees being a third-day pick, because that's what I think he would be, he'd be in the fourth to seventh round. If that still makes sense to him, then he's got to go Got go get it. I mean, he went from being their most consistent lineman a year ago to probably their fifth best this year. And it's probably just the change of positions. I he, he was poised to become the next big left tackle, and it just didn't come together. I thought he would have the year that Cody Ford had. Yeah. And, you know, would be a guy in the first-round conversation. I mean, people are talking about Cody Ford like he might be the second pick offensive lineman off the board like he 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 had that kind of year because um, i think no, you can put him anywhere on the line well and this move kind of adds up with what i mentioned earlier with oklahoma now starting to throw around the idea of taking two more offensive linemen which where did that number suddenly come from yeah. you know it's always been one more and now all of a sudden i'm hearing that it, that number doubled so i mean like i said that's not concrete that's not set but it, it would the timelines kind of match up and you think about Cody Ford too. Like you look at a team like the Dallas Cowboys. Like that's a guy that could almost immediately fix their offensive line because if they, you know, if you need a guard, you can put him in. If you need a right tackle, you can put him in. He's one of those guys that makes you better at two positions yeah. immediately because yeah. wherever you're weak, you plug him in and you'll be fine. Or if you got if your best your, your best backup is at tackle, yep. you can move him into guard and then play Cody Ford at tackle. Exactly. It's exactly. I mean, you get to pick where you want him to go, and they can other guys can move around accordingly. So uh, he's, like I said, I from about midseason on, I, I thought he was as good as any offensive lineman in the game. So he he was just dominant. All right. So a lot going on. Uh, appreciate everybody listening, and uh, we we plan to be back on a regular Wednesday schedule with the unofficial forty. Now the holidays, the bowl games are behind us, uh, recruiting and all that stuff going on. So. Uh, yeah, just just be prepared to be back on the Wednesday schedules, uh, Thursday mornings for your commutes or whatever, uh, and we'll have a uh, Choctaw Casinos uh, and Resorts unofficial 40 ready for you. So thanks, everybody. Thanks, guys, for another great podcast. Thanks to Josh. Thanks to Eddie. Thanks to Bob. I am Kerry Murdoch, and we'll see you guys back here next week for another edition of the unofficial 40 podcast from Soonerscoop.com. Podcasts from Soonerscoop.com.